Hi, I'm Wendy Merchant, founder and executive director of STEM Blazers, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. STEM Blazers is a nonprofit organization that works with middle school and high school girls to inspire them to visualize themselves in science, technology, engineering, and math. Today's episode is hosted by Madison and Katie Fur, and they will be speaking with Beth Hegland. Beth shares her story and insight about her degree and experience working in data science and research. As Beth explains, a degree in mathematics provides a versatile skill set and foundation for other STEM careers, including engineering, technology, and medicine. As a volunteer for STEM Blazers, Beth has translated her skills in data analytics to help us understand our impact as an organization and to ensure that we receive valuable and relevant feedback from all the communities and young women we serve. Beth is an incredible role model and her positive experiences are encouraging. I hope you enjoy the conversation. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Madison, and I'm a STEM Blazers alum. STEM Blazers has given me countless opportunities and limitless encouragement to develop my confidence in professional relationships. I now volunteer with STEM Blazers as I pursue my college degree. Hello, I am Katie Fur. I was in the South Metro chapter for the school year of 2019 to 2020. I am volunteering with STEM Blazers as a take a gap year. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I'm going to go ahead and start off with our first question. So what was your relationship with STEM like as a child? And then how did that develop through high school and through college? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I, I I was definitely very interested in STEM as a child, but I don't think um, had a lot of direction or any real sense of, of what aspects of STEM I was most interested in or what I might do um, as far as studying STEM or certainly not a career in STEM. Um, I think um, by the time I graduated from high school, I sort of realized that um, that I, I really enjoyed math. So when I enrolled um, in college, I, um, I I started to take a lot of, uh, of certainly a lot of math classes, but a lot of science classes as well. And um, as I kind of got further and further along in that track, I realized that one of the things that I really loved about a lot of my STEM classes was um, the sort of math that was behind them. Um, and so uh, I, I really identified that, um, that that sort of underlying use of, of math and that application of math is, is, is really what I um, found to be fascinating. Um, and so when I um, finished a math degree, I decided to um, dive fully into the field of applied math, um, which really is, um, as it sounds, um, learning the kind of skills that you need to apply mathematics to all kinds of different scenarios. So um, that was uh, kind of my, my kind of stepping stone to working in analytics, which, uh, which is what I do today. Once you were out of college, what was your first job? Yeah, great question. Um, I graduated from college, um, uh, finished my master's in uh, 2009. And so it was a really tough time um, to graduate from college, being kind of in the middle of the, the Great Recession. Um, and so it took me some time, but I landed a job that actually um, ended up being just a, a wonderful experience. Um, I worked for um, Nordstrom Bank. So start, started kind of working in banking and finance, uh, which I had a lot of interest in um, because um, I had taken quite a few economics classes as part of my applied math degree that decided that was a field I was really interested in applying mathematics to. 
Um, and so I was really excited to land there. I wasn't sure what would happen. Um, but I think one of the things that was really wonderful about that is as I was sort of jumping in and, and learning, um, you know, how to, how to apply my degree in industry and in the real world, um, you know, working for a, a company that was fairly small allowed me to really, um, wear a lot of hats. And so I get to, I got to see a lot of, uh, a lot of different areas of the business. I got to kind of see a lot of different problems that could be solved using data. Um, and so, I think um, it just felt like I had a lot of great opportunities. It was a really wonderful place to be and and learn and and sort of use as a bit of a, a springboard. So I can definitely relate a lot to that because I'll be graduating this year and um, in the middle of the COVID pandemic. So um, I definitely think it's it's a challenging time probably to graduate during the Great Recession, but definitely rewarding because, like you said, it definitely puts you in a position to challenge you a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe try something different, which is really fun. Um, but now you work at Guild Education. Can you explain what your position is at Guild and what they do? Yeah, happy to. Um, so I'm the director of data science and research at Guild Education. Um, and Guild is a wonderful company. We help give uh, working adults access to higher education um, in a nutshell. And so how we do that is that we work with a network of academic providers, um, as well as a group of large employers uh, so that those employers can offer education as a benefit to their employee base. So if you think about uh, the way a lot of companies would offer a healthcare plan or a 401k, um, a lot of companies are actually seeing the benefit in offering education as a benefit. And so those are the types of companies that we partner with. That's sort of what the company does. Um, and when you think about sort of the data science and research team, um, we support that mission by um, using data to help us just better understand our students um, find ways for us to enable more students to enroll in our educational programs and also to f- do things like facilitate coaching um, and uh, other types of outreach to help our students be more successful in their programs. That sounds really nice. What are some of the risks you have taken over the course of your career? That's a great question. Um, I can A couple of things come to mind. One was... Um, I, after I had been working for probably six or seven years and had, uh, you know, made some, made some progress in my career and developed a lot in, you know, a lot of the, the areas where, um, I kind of hoped to, to grow as I, as I progressed. Um, I had the opportunity to move to London. And so I was about a year into uh, a job and, uh, was kind of faced with this difficult decision. Difficult, maybe not that difficult, actually. I, um, I've always loved to travel. And so when the opportunity came across my plate, I, I knew it was something I wanted to do, but recognized that um, from a career perspective, it might be challenging. Um, my job did not travel easily. And so it became you know, a decision to kind of take a, a bit of a leap of faith and leave my job here in the US, move to the UK and um, start a job search in a country that you know, I just, I didn't have experience in the job market. Um, I didn't know what to expect in terms of the hiring process or the culture or things like that. So kind of had to dive in head first and, and learn a lot. It was very uncertain and a little bit daunting. But in the end, I was able to kind of take my time and, and get to know the market a little bit and uh, ended up landing in a really wonderful role working for a, you know, a sort of a smaller company, which I knew was something I was interested in. Um, and had the opportunity to build out um, a team from scratch, which was something I hadn't done before and was actually a really wonderful opportunity. So 
um, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, it was from a career perspective, really wonderful. And also from a personal perspective and perspective ended up being um, a really great experience. So I've always had the idea of wanting to travel and with like, and in, going into the STEM careers, I feel like it might be a bit daunting to just completely change your location. So I think it's amazing <laughs> that you did that choice. Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, I think, you know, one thing I, that uh, enabled me, I think, to do that was actually having a STEM degree, I think, just because um, STEM is so universal. Um, mm -hmm. And math, especially, I think, is very universal. Um, you can apply it in so many different ways. And, uh, you know, I find that most companies have a team of mathematicians somewhere tucked away um, <laughs> doing important work. Uh, and so, um, you know, it made it a little bit easier to, to, to leave knowing that I, I could land somewhere. <laughs> I, I love how you said that STEM is universal. I think that is just a great statement. And I think that something that goes off of that is making sure that there's universal access to STEM. Um, so a question I have going off of that is through either your personal experience or through the people who have taken advantage of pursuing higher education with Guild, how do you view diversity in the role of women in the workplace? And have you seen or experienced any difficulties or barriers as a woman in a STEM field? Um, I think that one of the things that comes to mind is having women in STEM, I think, particularly role models in STEM who are out and working with STEM blazers and things like that, I think facilitate um, representation, which is, is really very important um, because we know that people are not as likely to aspire to roles that they can't see themselves in mm -hmm. um, or haven't seen a good example of. Of um, and so you know, growing up and being interested in STEM, I certainly don't feel like I had a lot of female role models in STEM, and so I think that was one thing that kind of led me to get involved with STEM Blazers and just um, help to kind of highlight some of the career opportunities in STEM and and help to just create that that sort of presence and that representation. As far as uh, my own kind of challenges working as a woman in STEM, I think I've been very fortunate in that I, I don't feel like I have been in a position where um, being a woman in STEM has in any way held me back. I think um, in, in some ways, it, there have been times I think where it is a little daunting because, because women have been very underrepresented. I know in my graduate program, that was the case. And sometimes working in analytics, it's been the case that there just aren't a lot of women. Um, you're often working in a a team with a lot of men or, um, you know, certainly um, in, in a group of, of uh, managers who are men and things like that. And we know that's the case with women in STEM and certainly with women in leadership roles in STEM. So I think sometimes that can make things seem a little daunting or make it seem like you, you really are sort of representing women in your role. And I think that's kind of a heavy weight to carry. But I think, like I said, I've I've um, I've had a, a positive experience as a woman in STEM, and certainly um, more recently, my career especially have had some really wonderful female role models um, in the companies I've worked for, Guild included. We do have a, a female CEO, which is quite amazing, and a lot of female leaders at Guild. So that's actually been a really great place to, to kind of see that representation and that diversity. I think that was a very thoughtful answer to that question. And I think that it's nice for young women to be able to hear that there are people who do have positive experiences, because I think that some people think that there are more barriers than there actually are to getting into a STEM field, which can discourage people from pursuing them. So I think that in you saying that is a, is a great thing. Yeah, yeah. And I know, um, 
you know, I've definitely spoken with women who have had a lot of challenges and have faced, have faced a lot of adversity. And I think that that is, that is real and that is out there. Um, but I think there's a lot of really wonderful experiences and a lot of really supportive people out there as well. And I hope that that comes through, um, you know, through STEM Blazers and through a lot of the women who are involved and get to interact with our students. It's very important to reassure young women that we are capable of doing the same things as men are. Absolutely. With um, Guild Education, when I went to the technology annual event last year, I was so surprised to see how many women were in that company and the CEO being a woman, I was amazed and I had a great experience there. Yeah, that's so great to hear. Um, Guild is the first uh, company that I've worked for in the technology industry. And so, um, you know, moving from banking and finance, which um, is, you know, can be very male dominated as well. Um, and into the tech industry, which traditionally has been, um, you know, not super diverse and, and certainly uh, more male dominated. Uh, it's wonderful to have landed at Guild where um, actually we're very skewed the other direction. I think we are mostly female, which is quite amazing. And, um, you know, our leadership team is heavily female, which um, is is really wonderful to see. Beth, thank you so much for answering those first few questions. We are going to take a quick break and then hop right back in with some more questions. Hi, it's Wendy. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Did you know that for as little as $10 a month, you can support a high school girl to participate in the STEM Blazers program for an entire school year? We couldn't do our work without you. Your generosity will create the opportunity for a student to build a network with inspiring women working in STEM, attend field trips, and participate in mentorship and job shadow experiences. To hear more about the STEM Blazers impact, please visit us at www.stemblazers.org impact. To join our giving program, just scroll to the bottom of the page. Thank you so much to all of our donors who are helping us with our mission and our work with the next generation of young women. Now let's get back to the conversation. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to start with our next question. So, Beth, who has supported you on your journey to your current position in life and in your career? That's a great question. Um, and it's hard to name just one person. I would probably have to say that one, one person who supported me a lot has been my husband, honestly. Um, uh, I think he, um, you know, supported me uh, going through graduate school and uh, struggling my way through at times. Um, and, uh, you know, taking good care of me as I <laughs> to take care of my mental health and, uh, you know, stayed up way too many late nights. But I think he um, has definitely uh, helped me to kind of put things in perspective, I think, and, uh, you know, has has been a wonderful sounding board as, um, you know, I've, I've sort of grown in my career and taken, uh, you know, taken some leaps and tried some new things, um, changed industries, changed roles, um, that sort of thing um, definitely encourages me to kind of get out of my comfort zone. Uh, it's important to have somebody who, you know, can can push you a little bit. I think a lot of us, certainly I, I uh, tend to get very comfortable and, and think, like, yeah, this is great. I could do this for a while. And uh, I think, you know, it's, it's really important to kind of stretch yourself and, and try some new things and, you know, apply your skills in a slightly different way. And so, um, you know, it's great if you have somebody who, um, can cheer you on definitely <laughs> I think that's amazing that your husband does, has been there for you supporting you 
seeking discomfort is like the best way to learn. You grow as a person, and I think it's it's so beautiful that your husband's been there throughout that experience with you. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that um, you know, getting outside of your comfort zone, like you said, that's a great way to put it. Um, it definitely does, uh, you know, drive a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of kind of you know self realization and um, and things like that. And so, try to remind myself of that sometimes when I think like, do I really want to do that? Well, maybe maybe it's worth the job. How can we get more women? the support that they need to have the confidence to pursue a career in STEM? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think organizations like STEM Blazers do an amazing job. And I would love to see, um, you know, STEM Blazers expand or, uh, you know, a lot of like-minded organizations um, that have the ability to reach, um, you know, young uh, women who are interested in STEM. I think making sure that people have those those sorts of resources. I know STEM Blazers has done some really amazing confidence workshops this year. Um, things like that, I think that just like get the resources out there. I think like a lot of this, um, a lot of it is probably about, you know, tools and, uh, you know, making sure that, um, that folks have um, the resources and the kind of toolkit that they need to be able to know their skills and, um, you know, think about ways that they can challenge themselves and, um, you know, how to think about confidence, how to, you know, identify some areas where, where they want to work and grow and, and um, you know, develop those, um, those confidence skills and those 21st century skills. Um, and so I think, um, you know, getting, getting, um, you know, more involvement with those types of groups, I think is a really great thing and, and something that we can start really early. Um, you know, getting those types of programs into the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, um, you know, even getting into a university environment or even a career environment, um, I think, um, you know, to the extent that we can all find ways to lift women up. Um, and so, um, and that doesn't have to be just women, that can be men as well. But just, you know, making sure that, you know, uh, the, the ideas that are shared in in a boardroom or in a study session or things like that are are shouted about and celebrated and recognized um, and things like that I think are real confidence builders and really um, you know helps women to realize the, the strengths they bring to the table. Um, so I think that recognition and reinforcement is really important as well. So you said this earlier and I still love this line that STEM is universal and math is universal. Um, but why specifically should women study math and what do you tell girls, young girls who don't like math, what, what do you tell them? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to like math. Um, <laughs> you don't have to like math. It's funny because I think math is one of those things that people people shy away from it almost instinctively. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen that? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I do that. I know I have. It's people just like have this gut feeling that they're not good at math. Um, right. And I know that that's certainly the case with a lot of people. And so I think maybe the first thing I'd say is give it a chance. Um, you know, don't, don't let it freak you out. Uh, just, <laughs> um, just try it. You might like it. It's like broccoli. I don't know. I, I definitely think it's like a pop culture thing. You know, you hear it enough on TV that, you know, little kids shouldn't like broccoli and little kids shouldn't like math. And so then you grow up your whole life thinking you shouldn't like those two things, but both are great. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't like broccoli as a kid. I love it now. <laughs> if that teaches you anything. Um, but yeah, I think it's sort of like, 
I, and I don't know the answer, but how do you how do you sort of take back that uh, fear of math? How do you, um, right? <laughs> and people find it so daunting. And so <laughs> I think that's the first thing. I don't know what I would tell people, but maybe just trying to tackle that a little bit, just like yeah. you know, just helping people to understand that actually math is not that scary, and they might really like it. They might be great at it. Um, and I think the other thing is just like maybe um, highlighting all of the different things you can do with math. Um, so I think a lot of people are interested um, in STEM careers like engineering or lots of different careers in tech or in medicine or things like that. And there's a lot of math in those careers. Um, and I think, um, you know, math teaches you uh, a really versatile skill set. Um, and it teaches you kind of a way of thinking and a way of problem solving, I think, that you can apply in so many different areas. I went to school with math people who are all over the place, um, doing all kinds of interesting things. And so um, to me, I think it's it's kind of an exciting <laughs> degree to get it just because I think um, it, the, the possibilities are, are limitless. Um, that's funny, because for me, I feel like I have a fear of math, and <laughs> I want to become a civil engineer. So just thinking like, oh, why would I become an engineer if I have this fear of math, but I really do need to tackle that. And yeah, yeah, you can't let a fear of math hold you back if you want to be an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you define the success in your career? I think that there are a lot of ways to think about whether you're being successful in your job in the day to day, or even then the month to month or quarter to quarter. I think there are certain expectations and um, uh, things like that, 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 you know, we're trying to meet, we're trying to improve processes and outcomes and things like that. Um, and those to me, I think are a little bit more tangible. And so when you ask sort of how, um, how I measure success in my career, that's a little bit challenging. Um, one of the things that I would say is um, maybe just constant growth. Um, so feeling like I, I'm challenged. Um, and then that also that, you know, I can look back over the last six months, 12 months, 24 months, and just really pinpoint and recognize areas where I've grown and improved, um, or new skills that I've learned, um, and things like that. And so I think it's it's kind of retrospective, um, just looking back and and um, being able to kind of say um, like, yes, I've, um, I've I've done some new things, I've learned some new things, I've um, you know tackled a lot of the goals that I set for myself. Um, that to me, I think is is maybe how I would think about it. That's a good way to think about it. <laughs> now it's time for the rapid fire question round. We will ask you a series of questions, and you will answer them as fast as you can. Are you ready? Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. What is the best class you have taken? Um, I took a Markov process model in graduate school. That was fascinating. Um, I, I absolutely love the professor and from there, from that point forward, took any class that she had to offer. So what type of environment do you like to work in? That's a great question. I, I, um, I think I like to have a lot of kind of heads down time to be able to kind of focus and get work done. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say probably a, a fairly uh, quiet and uh, conducive to uh, heads down time work environment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you prefer coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Describe yourself in a hashtag. Uh, hashtag type A minus. <laughs> okay. What are the Three things you can't live without. Coffee and pencil and paper. Yeah. Okay. What is a book that you, everyone should read? 
um, Factfulness uh, by Hans Rosling. Okay, nice. What's your favorite life hack? Um, every day before I leave work, I, um, I make a list of the things I want to do tomorrow and I make it no bigger than a post-it note. Mm. What do you do to de-stress? Um, I try to, uh, get outside or at least exercise. Okay. What is your favorite snack? Um, Triscuits. I had people sneak them into England while I was there. <laughs> Wait, do they not have any? No, they don't have Triscuits in England. <laughs> What is your favorite application on your phone? Um, I'm trying to pick my phone for inspiration. Um, Headspace. Okay. Just one more. If you could switch lives with someone for a day, who would it be? I don't know. My instinct is to go with someone like Michelle Obama or something, but I feel like her life might stress me out a little bit. Just like <laughs> a, lot old, a lot of events and things. Um. <laughs> Our last question for today is going to be something that we ask all of our guests, which is standing where you are now, what advice would you give to your high school self? Um, I, I think it would be that how important it is to advocate for yourself. I know that at that age, I was very shy and very quiet. Um, and so that was probably the last thing on my mind. Um, but I know that as a, as a woman in STEM and as um, uh you know, someone who, um, you know, really values and has worked hard um, across my career. Um, I think that's something that's come up again and again. Um, I quickly realized kind of starting starting a career that um, if that's something that you're not comfortable doing, it's not really something someone's going to do for you. So those are really important skills to develop. Um, And so I think that would be a good one. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Beth. It was a pleasure talking to you and learning all about you. Yeah, it was wonderful to be here. Thank you. It was really nice to see you again. It was a pleasure to be able to interview you. For t- thank you. It was wonderful to, to see you both. Right. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for our episode of the STEM Blazers podcast. Next week, we'll be speaking with a new professional. To learn more about STEM Blazers, to donate or to get involved, please visit us at stemblazers.org or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at STEM Blazers.